Welcome to Food Chat, a weekly show that's all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, and basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. Now, let's reconnect to your food, and here are your hosts, Greg Bloom and Jackson Lamb. Talk about an uphill battle, 2,000 acres of beans and cattle, but he don't ever get rattled, he just goes till the sun goes down. Welcome to Food Chat. This is Gregory Bloom, your host, and normally I have Chef Jackson Lamb in studio with us, but he is teaching school today at Metropolitan State University of Denver, where he teaches. He's teaching a food class. How dare him? But uh, he's not with us today, but uh, I do have a guest. Now, Food Chat, what is Food Chat? Food Chat is all about food, where food comes from, how food is made. We've interviewed over the past months farmers, ranchers, food processors, people that own a food brand, people that have built a food brand. We've interviewed all kinds of great things. Check out the, all kinds of great people. So check out the past episodes of Food Chat at www.foodchat.us. Today we have my brother David. David Bloom is in studio to talk about his brand, Stinking Good Green Chili. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, thanks, bro. Um, Pretty desperate for a guest I see here, so I wasn't your first choice, but that's okay. No, I had to. I had to warm up. I had to let a few uh, get get some reps in before I had you on the show, so I didn't, you know, choke it. <laughs> well, that's okay. So I, I waited. I, I know you had to wait. You know, you had to get a hold of my secretary and get on my calendar a couple of years ago. Yeah, so. yeah. I did have a hard time. You're here, not, here not easy to get in here. Yeah. I've built a multi-million dollar brand. You know, it just takes time to, yeah. to get on my calendar. Well, I appreciate your Even time. Even if you are my brother. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here because I'm glad to, I want to talk to uh, our listeners about your brand, your stinking good green chili brand and where they can buy it. But let's talk, let's back up. How did you get started in the green chili business? Now I know, but our listeners don't know. Yeah, as you, it's a great story, uh, and I never thought this is what I'd be doing when I grew up, and uh, I would have laughed at you if you told me this is what I was going to be doing, but uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, which is probably everybody listening, um, our dad got a recipe. He was a, a regular at a restaurant I think he went to for lunch a lot, you know, when he was working at Rocky Flats. He was an electrician, and he was a frequent at this restaurant. I guess he had smothered burritos. Uh, and this Hispanic lady, I think, I believe, owned the, the the grill or the bar or whatever it was. And uh, he talked her out of that recipe that she made burritos with and smothered and and brought it home. And, you know, Dad had this this period of time that he liked to cook. And he started making that green chili. And, right. you know, I don't know if you remember, but if, you know, we'd make burritos or whatever it was, we'd, we'd go into the pantry and we'd normally patch, uh, pull out one of those cans of hatch green mm-hmm. chilies. Right. Or, no, not hatch, Stokes. Stokes, right. It was Stokes. You know, we'd heat that stuff up and and then uh, Dad started making the green chili. And I don't know if you remember, but those are like some of my best memories as a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, making a big pot of chili and then there'd be some tortillas, you know, and we'd just ladle it up and just eat it as a soup and just dip tortillas in it. And man, those are great memories. And so, and then I got in the restaurant business, as you know, I went to school at Metro, um, got a degree in hospitality and marketing and business there and moved on into my restaurant days, starting with Bennigan's. And then I went down to Dallas and did a French bakery called La Madeleine and Came back to Denver and opened up that Hops microbrewery chain that was here for a while that right. kind of came and went. And 
Uh, you know, and then I just kind of kept eating green chili because I always loved it, you know, and it's funny because people, people ask me sometimes, do you ever get sick of eating green chili? And I'm like, actually, no, I don't. <laughs> me neither. I don't. I don't, I don't ever get tired of it, you know, and I eat it like a lot, you yeah, know, several sure. times a week, yeah. you know, sometimes every day. Had it over my eggs this morning for breakfast. So, so and I just kind of took dad's recipe that he got and kind of made it my own, made a few changes to it. And then I started making it and people were like, have them over. Or I, I jar it up and give it to friends. And they're like, you need to sell this. This mm -hmm. is really good. There's right. not a good green chili in the store that tastes fresh and homemade. And, right. And at that point, you know, I, I got out of the restaurant business and I do, was doing the landscaping and lawn care. And I met Mark Schlereth, who played for the Broncos, and he was his, it was his last year there with them in 2000 and brought green chili over one day to him. And he fell in love with it and uh, he started talking about it and he had just retired and had a radio show here in town and he still does. And he had started, he was with ESPN, you know, then and kind of made a name for himself, you know, afterwards. And, and so in 2008, eight years later, um, we get into King Supers. Mm -hmm. You know, Mark and I decided to partner up, put his name on it, and that's why we call it Stinking Good because Mark's nickname is Stink. It's an old Alaskan fishing story. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's another thing, which is we're not going to talk about. I won't go there, but mm -hmm. that's yeah. the original story with Mark's nickname is is uh, it's an old fishing story from Alaska. Because isn't he isn't he from Alaska? He's from Anchorage. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. So anyway, so we got into King Supers and they gave us a shot and we put it in the freezer because we didn't know the shelf life on it. Mm. I knew nothing about the food business, mm. you know, and I really still don't. I'm still mm. trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, so we didn't know how, what our shelf life was going to be. So we're like, well, let's just put this in the freezer because it'll give us a longer shelf life. And we didn't want to put it in the deli because we're like, we don't know if this stuff's going to sell. And we didn't want to put it in a jar or a can because I didn't want it to taste like it was out of a jar or a can. Right. I wanted it to taste as good as it was when I made it at home. Right. So that's why it's still frozen uh, in Kings. We're actually in Costco now and they sell it fresh in the right. deli. So it's refrigerated. So, right. but that was always kind of the biggest thing was like, if I'm going to do this, I just want it to taste as good as, right. as homemade or as close as we can get it. So, yeah, now we're in uh, Costco, as I mentioned, here in Colorado and uh, down in uh, New Mexico. And um, we're in Coors Field with, we have a queso now, so we're in Coors Field with our green chili and our queso and a bunch of other restaurants and hotels. And so it's actually turned into a pretty cool little business. So. We'll talk about it at the end, David, um, where people can find it. You mentioned Costco and King Supers, but we'll talk about where to look in those stores, yeah. where to go. But let's back up. For those people that didn't grow up in Colorado or New Mexico, a lot of people listening, they don't really know what green chili is. Why is it called green chili? I mean, they know what red chili is, but why don't you just explain the difference between green chili and red chili or just, just a little bit about what, what is green chili? Well, you know, it depends on where you're at. You know, if you're here in Colorado, you, you order a green chili, you're going to get something like my recipe is. It's going to be like a sauce or a stew you know, with pork or meat in it, you know, and everybody makes it different, which right. is, you know, which is fine. But, you know, the, the core of the the recipe are, are, is around the green, the roasted green chilies, right. um, you know, and then you add meat or don't and whatever other ingredients that you like in your chili. And 
you know, for me, I have always tell people it's the perfect food because you can eat it as a soup, a salsa, smother it on everything. And that's it. So it's so versatile. But if you're here in Colorado, you know, it's different than if you're in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And if you're down there, they're going to uh, ask you if you want green or red or Christmas. And they're going to bring you a plate or a bowl of just probably just green chilies. Right. Just the the roasted green chilies. Yeah, either chopped up or just you know whole or yeah, but not in a not in a soup like not you. like we do. Yeah, no, right. not like we do here uh-huh. in Colorado. And mm-hmm. then you know there's a big debate between which chilies are better, you know, mm-hmm. Colorados or New Mexico. But it's funny because the origination of green chilies, you know, most of the chilies actually in in um, come from Mexico, Mexico, mm-hmm. not New Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's where most of the farms are. Mm-hmm. And then New Mexico hatch is is pretty decent size, and then Colorado is pretty. It's a pretty small um, crop compared to um, Mexico or even New Mexico. But right. most of the chilies are harvested and, and grown in Mexico. Right. And chilies are originally originate from the lowlands of Brazil. Hmm. Chili plants. Hmm. You know, and they said that that chili that birds actually had a lot to do with the uh, the the migration uh and they would eat them and then they would just go and migrate and then the chilies the the seed wasn't damaged when the bird ate it Mm. so they'd actually started growing um naturally and became just bigger and then i'm pretty sure they got brought over from Mm. from europe and here we are but you know it's you know it's a it's a can be a pretty sensitive subject when it comes to uh to green chilies and who's are better and mm-hmm. what it looks like you know and there's definitely a lot of competition here you know in colorado like who's got the best green chili i saw this morning <clears throat> on on my on my email 5280 it's their time to do the best of you know who's got the oh, best yeah. who's got the best green chili you know? right what restaurant which you know, and I'm not usually in those conversations because they don't usually do a store-bought green chili. They right. just do which restaurant has the best green chili. But um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and, you know, growing up in Colorado here, David and I grew up uh, on a farm in, near Brighton, and you know, back then, and you can still see it. They'll you'll in the summertime, you'll 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 drive by a farmer's market, and they've got the roasting mechanism out there, mm. and they've got the propane tank and the gas-fired furnace and they got the big wheel right and they're roasting green chilies and that smell is unbelievably mm. delicious that's one of my favorite experiences is to yeah. smell those things and, and just to eat them like yeah. that just, yeah. just they're, they're they're so amazing they're, yeah and so you're taking chilies that are roasted like that and that's one thing that people need to understand those are roasted green chilies roasted with fire with heat they're not just uh you know raw they're roasted and that gives them this incredible flavor and then, so you're putting those green chilies into, you don't have to tell us anything proprietary, but you have different flavors of green chili, right? Tell us about your flavors. Yeah, we, you know, the original recipe that Dad did was just uh, just a pork green chili, and that was, that's our, our best seller. It's our original product. It's just a medium in heat. And then we have a hotter version. I call it like a gringo hot. It's not super hot, you know, but right. for the people that want to just like blow their brains out every time they're, they can't get it hot enough. And then we did a chicken because a lot, of, a lot of people don't eat pork. Right. So we have a chicken version in a medium. Um, and then we also did uh, a queso that, mm-hmm. uh, which that has roasted green chilies in the queso. Yep. So we have one, two, three, four products right now in Kings. And then we have a food service for the green chili and the queso too. So, but yeah, the queso is, 
again has those roasted chilies in it and it's fantastic as well so i think your number one bestseller though is the the medium pork right yeah. just mm-hmm. it's just got enough heat doesn't burn your lips but it's it's got some heat you know if you grow up here you'll love it and uh and, or if you like hot things and uh, you know i i just love it in my in my refrigerator all the time because you can put it over eggs i can't have nachos without it mm-hmm. anymore i mean nachos aren't not but yesterday after church i get home and i make a big plate of nachos i put shredded cheese on there and then i chopped up some bison patties that were cold and made them into cubes and i just poured your green chili all over it throw it in the mm-hmm. microwave and i really like honestly how it's packed because it's packed in these reusable square tubs and you get it at Costco or King Supers. The Costco one's bigger and fresh, right? And the one at, Fr- at King's is a little smaller and frozen. But they both were. I just love that pouch because you can cut open the pouch and empty the contents into the container. And it lasts, what, a week in the refrigerator, typically? Yeah, not at my house it doesn't because I, <laughs> I, I eat it, you know. But right. Yeah, for some people. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a fresh product. There's no additives uh, or preservatives in it. Um, so, it, you know, like any other fresh product, you need to eat it within a few days. You do some uh, YouTube videos or Facebook videos that I've seen online, Dave, that uh, you're talking to people about how to best use or different ways of using your green chili. We've mentioned a couple of them, but what, what are some common and unique ways? I mean, you could eat it as a bowl of soup with a tortilla. That's a great way. Yeah. But there's other ways. What would you say? Yeah, you know, depending on your lifestyle, you know, right now I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, eat pretty clean and healthy. And, and the green chili is actually, my recipe is very clean. Mm-hmm. It's very healthy. It's low-cal, low-fat, gluten and dairy-free. Um, there's a pretty decent amount of protein in there. So I put it over my egg whites in the morning. Mm. I, I do like the ground turkey that I get from or ground chicken I get from you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put uh, uh, some rice in there with ground chicken, and then I, mm. and I put some green chili in there and mix it up and eat it with that. And So obviously you can make great enchiladas and Mexican food with it, like you said, over nachos. But um, yeah, eggs in the morning and, um, you know, you, it's, it's again, it's so versatile. So I think you can put it on just about any meal. You know, burgers, brats, summertime, you know, it's just, it is so versatile. Yeah, it's really good over burgers. I like to make a pot of pinto beans, Colorado-grown pinto beans. We had a whole episode on Colorado-grown pinto beans, but I'll make a pot of pinto beans, and then I'll just uh, make a serving, a bowl of beans and rice, and then pour your green chili all over it and heat Mm -hmm. it up, and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. It's really a nice meal, because you got just enough pork in there to give you some protein. And uh, but the flavor, I mean, it's just such it's like a flavor enhancer, right? Yeah. I mean, it adds so much flavor to anything you're eating, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, another probably two of my, my favorite recipes that I love to share are I do a crock pot chicken, mm-hmm. you know, I'll get five, six chicken breasts, pop it in the, in the crock pot, and then I'll dump a tub or two of the green chili in there and then just slow cook it. Right. You know, all day long, come home and then you can just shred it, you know, and if you want to add some potatoes and make a stew out of it. But I love to just use it as a filling for burritos, tacos, enchiladas, and it's a ready to eat protein. And then I do like a burrito bowl where like a breakfast burrito bowl, do eggs and hash browns and sausage and then throw some green chili in there for that. Make a big pot of it and then. You've got breakfast for days. You know, if you just want to pop it out and just heat it up and eat it in the bowl or you want to make burritos with it or, you know, so those are two great recipes to just have, make it once, enjoy your your meal with it, and then you've got leftovers for two or three days. I think... 
I'm thinking, I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's important that we're talking about this because um, if you grew up in Colorado or New Mexico, you know how to eat green chili because your mom or your dad mm-hmm. or your aunt or your uncle or your grandma, someone in your family was making a pot of green chili on a regular basis and you weren't enjoying it. But if you cra- came from another place, you're, you're not a native, uh, you don't know all this about green chili. You might walk by it at the aisle and look at it. You might look at the can. You might have tried a canned green chili and go, oh, that's just not good. That's nasty. Well, that's not what we're talking about, you know, with your product. You know? Right. But, well, you remember eating Stokes? Yeah. Like, it was literally like it was like yeah. like spam just trying to get it out of the container. It had a dog food consistency, <laughs> actually. Yeah, but we'd eat it. Yeah. You know, we'd heat we'd it up. Get, it was thick. and Yeah. You know, and it, it's actually funny. This is cool part of my story is that um you know when people started saying you know that well i could i could get this to market you know and i'm like is this thing ever gonna do well you know can i actually even make some money doing this and so i actually found the guy who started stokes really and i went and had his name was jim Hmm. and i went and had coffee with him and he was I don't know if he's still around anymore, but he was up there in age mm-hmm. and he could not tell me much. I think he was suffering from dementia or oh. Alzheimer's or something. Oh, that's too bad. Super nice guy. And he's like, he couldn't answer most of my questions, but he was driving a $150,000 Mercedes Benz and he lived in Cherry Hills. And I'm like, and he had sold, he'd sold Stokes right. to another company. Like to a big national company. Yeah. Right? He had brought him out and I was like, okay, well, I think that's enough information for me to know that that i can actually i can make it in this market with that product you know mm-hmm. um and so after that i was like okay like it's game on let's do this and you know it's been 15 years later we've been in um in king since 2008 so we're coming into our 15th year and um you know it's going well it's still a grind it's still it's yeah. still a lot of work yeah. you know it's a very competitive business a lot sure. of people come up to me and say, hey, I want to get my barbecue sauce or my salsa to market, and I try to talk them out of it. Right. I literally it's too say, much work. I'm like, don't There's do easier it. ways to make a dollar. Right? Yeah, it is such a tough business, you know, and right. so, yep. but we're still here 15 years later, you know, by the grace of God, I'm still in business, and um, here we are selling stinking good green chili. Well, we'd love it here at Food Chat. If Chef Jackson were here, he would attest to that. We love to look for local, family-owned food companies and promote them and to tell their story. And here we have one. Uh, now, you have had um, some success, well, actually great success in Colorado, and your product's also in New Mexico. But what happens when you try to leave the region and try to sell your green chili in another region? Well, you know, it's green chili is, is slowly becoming more recognized in in different parts of the country. We have an online business, so we sell today. Later, actually, later on today, we'll be shipping out country chili and queso all over the country for people that are probably from Colorado and have moved, mm-hmm. and they just still want our products. So we ship it to them, but. Um, you know, outside of Colorado, people just don't really know. Like, we're in Albuquerque, as you mentioned, and the problem with Albuquerque is is they're a little bit picky about the product that they buy, and they they stay very loyal. So our green chili does not sell super great in Albuquerque mm. because the people that know that it's made in Colorado, they're not going to buy it. Right. Because it's not, even though we use hatch green chilies. Yeah, they still have a bias against it. Yeah, yeah they don't want to support, <laughs> they don't want to support me. So yeah, I'm yeah. not sure how much longer we'll be in the Albuquerque Costco's. But um, but we were in Phoenix for a while and there's some stores that did really well in, cost, in Costco. And um, But again, overall, when I'm there demoing it and sampling it and I can tell people about it, get them to try it and educate them, tell our story. 
it'll I can sell it out every day mm-hmm. all day every day but when you're not there to tell them about it they walk right by it they look at it they don't know what it is right. they don't know how to use it and you know that's an expensive um, proposition to take a new mark a new brand and a new product into a market and educate the consumer right you have to have a lot of money and you have to be patient and whatever grocery chain you're in has to be patient too because it's just like it takes time we've done road shows in costco all the way up in we've done them in alaska did really well on alaska um in seattle i mean the story is the same no matter where we are if we're there to tell them about it educate them let them taste it it sells right but you know we were excited mark and i were like well like we're going to be multi-millionaire. We like, we're going to be like loaded in just a couple of years. You hit we're the gonna, jackpot, yeah. We're going to go nationwide with Costco, and like we're going to be flying jets and driving Ferraris. <laughs> well, that didn't happen. That but, didn't happen, no. Yeah. But So it's, it's, a, it's a tough proposition. That's right now I'm just focusing on Colorado. Well, I admire the, you for being in there, and everybody got to go to Costco and, and buy some stinking good green chili, and it's in the deli section. Um, it's pretty easy to find, but it's in n- near the meat department, but where all the deli items are sold, like the ready-to-eat items, like the cheese and the, and the tamales, things like that. But people need to realize, too, when you're trying to sell these big national retailers like Costco and Kroger, 95% of the items in that store um, are huge international brands. Mm-hmm. Nabisco, Sara Lee. I mean, yeah. it's very rare to find a family-owned small company made local in there because there's a few problems trying to get into Costco. Number one, you got to be able to fill orders. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these food safety requirements and there's a cash outlay. But usually, why do you think family companies struggle so much to maintain a slot in Costco? You just don't see a lot of family companies in Costco and Kroger anymore. Yeah, you know, you know, being local, they have, they do have programs. They do want to support local um, as much as they can. But if it doesn't sell... They don't keep it on the shelves. No. It doesn't. I mean, I've seen so many local brands, you know, even other green chili company in, in Kings, you know, that there's other companies that have come and gone, and um, it's a tough business, you know. So, yeah, if you're not doing the volume, you know, that, that they're, they're not going to keep it on the shelf. They'll give you six months, maybe a year. Yeah. Usually you have to pay slotting fees in, in Kings and – uh, Costco doesn't do slotting fees, but you got to go through their program of being established in another major retailer mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. and then you got to do road shows, and and then they'll bring it in and try it. And if you're not doing, you know, thousand dollars a week per store, you don't stay. You're gone. Yeah, for uh, those listening that may dream of getting your uh, whatever brand of product into a, a retail store like Costco or. King Supers or Kroger, uh, it'll take you a couple of years uh, from the time your product is ready to go to market to to get in. The, in it. But then the buyer will tell you, hey, getting in the store is one thing, and keeping yeah. the keeping the slots a whole other thing. Right. And they'll ask you, what are you going to do mm-hmm. to sell this product off the shelf? Are you going right. to coupon? Are you going to sample? Mm-hmm. Are you going to you have a multi million dollar budget for marketing? What is your plan? Because mm-hmm. if you have no plan, you're not going to make it, right? Yeah, that that's all very true, as well as the first thing they're going to ask you is what's different about your product right. from all the rest of them that they're already carrying. Then they're going to ask you how you're going to move it. Because getting it on the shelf is great, but getting it off the shelf is where the work begins. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, we didn't know anything about this business. I didn't know what my margin should be. I didn't know how to price it. 
you know, so it was tough. Um, you know, and I actually do, I do do some consulting on the side too for people that want to actually have, they have some money and they want to give it a whirl. I can help them with it. Um, you know, but I don't do a ton of that. I pretty much just try to stay focused on building my brand and the marketing, like you said, but you definitely need to have a good marketing plan and, and, and have some money where you can, um, you can kind of do those things and, and not be in trouble, you know, every every week or every month, you know, wondering about how you're going to pay your bills. Right, right. So um, tell the listeners, Dave, in case they don't know, uh, if they're going into a, a Kroger store or King Supers in Colorado, mm-hmm. where do they find your green chili? So in Kings, our, our product is in the frozen Hispanic food section, like where the tamales and the taquitos and other frozen Mexican food items are the signage is, is a little bit different right now this we're under we're in the snack and sandwich section in King Supers mm. um, there used to be signs that said international or Mexican food so right. but if you find that three or four door set where there's other Mexican food we're usually on the top shelf there um, mm-hmm. with all Kings carries all of our products all three green chilies and then the queso and then, as you mentioned, in Costco, it's refrigerated in the deli section, you know, and usually those smaller deli coolers um, where like specialty cheeses and meats mm-hmm. are. And mm-hmm. we're in there usually somewhere by the tamales. And but, you know, Costco moves product around every day. Yeah, why do they do that? Why don't they keep it the same spot all the time? So every time you go back in there, you know where to go. I think they do that on purpose because I think they want you to like they see they want you to see new products ah, and new brands it. and mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just the way the set is, you know, and like if, if is it they get a ton of product, they've got to expand the set and then it shrinks. And so there's, a, I think, a lot of reasons to it. But, yeah, in Costco, very rarely is it always in the same place. Mm-hmm. It gets moved around week to week. So you just got to kind of look for it or ask them where it is if you don't see it. But we sell out in Costco a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, every week there's two or three stores that have sold out of our product. Yeah, I shop the Park Meadows store in Lone Tree, and uh, it's it's uh, not that common, but once in a while there's none left. I just see empty boxes. <laughs> yeah, they were out last week for a few days, and, um, you know, and that store sells a ton of product, you know. And so, you know, we try to work with the buyer on it to get more product in and and uh, dealing with the production you know, with our co-packer and um, and all that. So, yeah, there's a lot of challenges to it. You know, there's always, every day there's something. Well, hey, we're almost to the end of football season, but not quite yet. So this is a great time of year to load up on some stinking good green chili at Costco or Kroger and have them for nachos or burgers or whatever you're going to serve your guests um, for the playoffs and for the Super Bowl, and but even beyond, you know. So, Dave, we only just have about a minute left. So let's talk to people about if they're not near a Costco or a King Supers and they want to buy your product, where do they go? Uh, they can go to our website, stinkinggood.com, and it's S-T-I-N-K-I-N-G-O-O-D.com. There's only one G in there, stinkinggood.com. And um, we have an online store they can pick out. You know, we sell six packs. We have a better value 10-pack. Um, you know, because it's frozen, we have to send it out in coolers and dry ice and gel packs and it's it's expensive um you know but you know there's a great value proposition for the customer with it so stinkinggood.com we can ship it to them if they're not in colorado um, or down in albuquerque to try it or and we're up in city markets up in the mountains too and on the western slope as well so great great thanks for explaining that lots of ways to get stinking green chili so i hope our listeners will try it and support 
a family company, a Colorado company, and uh, and uh, our dad's uh, stolen recipe. <laughs> yeah, you know, he thought he he thought it was his recipe, and then one one day I came over with my recipe, and I and I showed him my recipe and let him see his, and he's like, okay. Yeah, this is your recipe. So he 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 stopped expecting royalty checks after that. So that's <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. it yeah, was it was fun, fun Dave. We'll do it again. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Food Chat. Today's episode of Food Chat is brought to you by Stinking Good, the best green chili that you can buy in Colorado. It's available in King Supers in the frozen Mexican section, in Costco in the deli. It's a local recipe and it's fantastic. This is David. I'm the creator of Stinking Good and uh, Greg Bloom's brother of Food Chat. And uh, thanks for joining us today and enjoy the show. Here's to the farmer that plants the fields in the spring that turn from green to that harvest honey. Pull one up for the banker downtown that got him on his feet with handshake of money. Here's to the farmer's wife And a daughter They gather around the table Send it up to the father Somehow they get closer When times get harder Here's to the farmer The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.